the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome to a Monday edition of Locked On, folks. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me. Head on over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. So, I lied to you on Friday. I apologize. Didn't mean to lie to you. I told you that by the time I recorded my podcast today, Monday, January whatever today is, 13th, I said Chuba Hubbard would have made his decision. I assumed that because class started today, Chuba Hubbard would have made his decision and decided whether he would be heading to the NFL or sticking around for another year at Oklahoma State. I still think he's going to stay. I think the uh, his social media posts, I think everything kind of points to that, but still no decision. The last that we've heard from Chuba Hubbard is that he's still thinking about it, and he'll let us know Whenever he's ready, he tweeted out on, uh, what was that, January 10th would have been Friday at 7.10 p.m. Chuba said, sorry for the wait, everyone. I've been taking my time throughout this process. I'm trying to figure out the best decision for myself and my family. You guys will hear from me within the next few days. That was 3 o'clock. Pardon me, that was 7 o'clock on Friday. That was a few days ago. I'm expecting still that we will hear something today from Chuba. Now, he has until the 20th to make his decision. So he has another week if he needs it. Of course, class has already started. Uh, There are rumors that he has not been spotted on campus, uh, not going to class, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, You can come in a week late, and I assure you, you will be just fine. I assure you, not one single class that I took while I was at Oklahoma State uh, would have, getting there a a week late would have prohibited me uh, from being able to past that class. So I don't think that that's a big deal that he's not on campus today. I still think he's coming back. I think that's what his social media posts have pointed to. But here we are on another Monday, still not knowing what Chuba Hubbard is going to do. Uh, I would like to figure it out. I really would. Uh, It would give us, you know, if he does come back, it would give us something good to look forward to since we can't look forward to watching the basketball team play twice a week. We can look forward to what the football team is going to look like next year. Boy, this, uh, this basketball team's really making me ready for baseball season. I don't know about y'all, but this is getting tough to watch. That game Saturday against TCU, whoo, buddy. TCU, look, they're 3-0 in conference now, but they've beaten Iowa State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State, three of the worst teams in the conference. Who knows how good TCU is going to be? I do like their head coach. Jamie Dixon obviously has a proven track record of being a good head coach. But 3-39, for 39, Oklahoma State has the last two games from three-point range. You're not going to beat anybody doing that. And I don't know what the solution is. I really don't. Because you got a bunch of guys out there who really can't shoot threes who are hoisting them. I mean, Lindy and Thomas DeZogra are the only real true three-point shooters that you've got on their squad. Those guys combined to go 0 for 10 from beyond the arc on Saturday against TCU. I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, Lindy Waters was 0 of 8 from the floor. DeZogra was 0 of 5 from the floor. Jonathan Laurent got the start over Yornay. He was 0 for 1 from the floor. So you've got three starters who don't hit a field goal. Three starters who do not score. They just, they, no free throws, no nothing. Oklahoma State shot eight free throws in the game. TCU shot 16. Each team had 13 turnovers. That wasn't the difference maker. Rebounding, Oklahoma State was out-rebounded 39-32. Yornay ended up playing 17 minutes. Still got four fouls in just 17 minutes. 
His inability to play without fouling is killing Oklahoma State. He had 4.5 rebounds. Uh, I mean, Avery Anderson has had to start to do more just because nobody else is doing anything. So he takes 12 shots. He leads the, teams, the team in field goal attempts. That's because he's playing aggressive. At least I can say Avery Anderson is playing aggressive. You know, whenever I watch him play, it looks to me like he's going downhill. He's playing fast. He's trying to make something happen. Isaac Likely, I still there's no way that I can think that Isaac Likely is is still himself and back in game shape yet. He still doesn't look completely right. 12 points, 5-11 shooting. He was all right. 12-5, no assists. Only 10 assists as a team for Oklahoma State. I mean, it, it took him until garbage time to get to 40. 40. I mean, I was watching that, that Chiefs-Texans game think, yesterday thinking, man, I'd love for a basketball team to be able to score this much. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about the basketball team at this point. It is, it is tough, tough, tough to watch. But I do want to take a quick break and then address something after the break because there, is, uh, th- there are some things being said that I want to squash right now. So I'm going to do that after the break when it comes to Oklahoma State basketball. Stay with me here on Lockdown Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Here on Locked on Pokes, reminder everybody hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. We are on Chuba Watch, Chuba Watch 2020, trying to see what the star running back is going to do. He has another week to make his decision. He said on Friday it'd be in a few days. He said at the bowl game he'd make his decision within two weeks. Hadn't happened just yet, so uh, keeping an eye on it. Even as I'm recording this podcast, it's about 12.15 right now. I'm refreshing Twitter just in case. Just in case, I, I I would hate to be recording and have it break while I'm recording and not see it. So uh, nothing yet on Chuba Hubbard, but we're certainly keeping an eye on it. Uh, all right, back to basketball because Oklahoma State is, is in a rut right now, an absolute rut. They started conference play 0 and 3, uh, which is not good. People are talking about you know this one of the worst starts ever, yada yada yada. And I have even seen from both fans and certain media members conversations on social media about Mike Boynton's job security and whether he should be on the hot seat. Uh, I haven't seen any media members flat out say fire Boynton. I've seen fans say fire Boynton, uh, but fans say dumb things all the time. So, you know, it's part of being a fan. That's just, it happens. Uh, You know, but I have seen some media members say that the seat is going to start getting hot in Stillwater. And I could not disagree more. I think we live in such an instant gratification society where the moment anything goes wrong, everyone just wants to lose their minds, fire somebody, change it up. And and you know what? That's not a a sustainable way to have long-term success. Oklahoma State basketball is in a a rut of about a month here. Oklahoma State basketball was on top of the world until Isaac Likely gets sick. They had great rhythm, great chemistry. They were playing great basketball. Isaac Likely gets sick, and it all goes to hell. And now people are talking about whether Mike Boynton's seat is hot, whether it will be hot after this season, potentially after next season, you know, foreshadowing, well, if Oklahoma State goes 0-36 in the Big 12 over the next two years, Mike Boynton probably shouldn't stick around and be the head coach. Guys, do you realize – that three seasons ago and Brad Underwood's one season at Oklahoma State, do you realize that the Cowboys started 0-6 in conference play before, before winning nine of their last 12 in conference play? The Cowboys lost to West Virginia, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State to start conference play that year. 
Granted, I, I do think that that team was better than this one. I think that team had more talent than this one did. Can we not acknowledge the fact that Mike Boynton's gotten some bad breaks? Came in, had to kick some guys off the team for acting like fools last year. So now you don't have enough scholarship guys on the team to, to even fill out your roster. You have to have walk-ons. And then you get a big four-star recruit in Marcus Watson. Marcus Watson gets to campus, immediately acts a fool, and now he's in the transfer portal. Oh, yeah, that's news, by the way, too, if you hadn't heard that. Marcus Watson's in the transfer portal. Mike Boynton's caught some bad breaks. But you know what Mike Boynton also has done? Mike Boynton went out and got the number one overall player in the country coming into next season. He kept a four-star guard from in-state – in-state. He's got Rondell Walker coming to Stillwater. The recruiting class is phenomenal. Let's be real honest about what Mike Boynton is working with talent-wise. Not a lot. That's the answer. Not a lot. And yet, because Oklahoma State has fallen into a little bit of a slump here, everybody who was ready to give him a lifetime contract extension after the NIT season tip-off, whenever they, they rolled Syracuse and Ole Miss... Your best player goes down for a month. Your team has failed to regain that chemistry and that, that you know, whatever you want to call it, momentum. They were playing great basketball. And now all of a sudden people are talking about hot seat? Good grief, they're in a slump. Is it Mike Boynton's fault that Lindy Waters and Thomas DeZagua both went scoreless against TCU on Saturday? I'm really asking. Are you blaming Mike Boynton because Lindy Waters and Thomas DeZagua went scoreless? Because if you are, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how that's the coach's fault. Mike Boynton's done a phenomenal job since taking over for the Oklahoma State basketball program. He should not be on the hot seat after this season regardless of what happens. He should not be on the hot seat after next season regardless of what happens. Mike Boynton needs time to build his program. He needs time to get scholarship athletes on his roster, not two or three. We're talking 10, 11, 12 scholarship athletes on his roster who can play. You, you know, Oklahoma State has these three seniors in Cam McGriff, Lindy Waters, and Thomas DeZagua. Everyone else on the roster is a pup. And you know what? Your seniors are letting you down. Your seniors are letting you down. Not the kids. Not the kids. Lindy Waters, Thomas DeZagua combined for zero points on Saturday. Isaac Likely was great earlier in the season. Again, he still hasn't found his form since he was sick. Maybe he refines it. But stop with the Mike Boynton slander. They're in a slump. They're in a slump. Don't, don't, don't be on such a roller coaster of emotions. The same fan base that was ready to give the, life, the, the guy a lifetime extension a month ago is now ready to move on and find somebody else, bring somebody else in. I mean, good grief. His players love him. They play hard for him. They're not shooting right now. They shot 30.2% against TCU on Saturday. And that's better than they shot in the previous game against West Virginia. All is not lost. All is not lost. The game against Texas on, on Wednesday, it's a big game. It's not a must win. I just told you Underwood's team started 0-6 for 6 in the Big 12. They went on a little bit of a streak. There's not a lot of let-up in this Big 12 conference, though. There's not. But there are winnable games on the schedule. This Texas is a winnable game. Iowa State's a winnable game. OU, TCU at home is a winnable game. You see K-State a couple times. Iowa State, OU again. Maybe you can beat one of the ranked teams. Texas Tech's sitting at 23 now. West Virginia's all the way up to 12. Kansas fell to 6 after Baylor. Uh, worked him over a little bit in Lawrence on Saturday. Good for Baylor, by the way. 67-55, they beat Kansas in Lawrence. Baylor's now the number two team in the country, behind, I believe, the Zags. I don't have it in front of me, but I think Gonzaga is still at number one as they're rolling through their conference like they do every year. So uh, just calm down a little bit, pump the brakes, 
Let this season play itself out. Let's see how things go for Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton's caught some bad breaks, man. The guys he had to run off last year, now Marcus Watson's gone. Team's finally playing good basketball. Your best player goes down for a month with an illness. You lose three games. You start your Big 12 conference schedule off with Texas Tech and West Virginia, two of the better teams in the conference. And now this team is just playing with no confidence. I promise. I promise this team will not go 0-18. I promise they will not go 0-18 in conference. Now, I don't think they're going to get to 9-9 because this conference is just too tough. But do I think they can win 6-7 conference games? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, this is my prediction. My official prediction is that Oklahoma State will go 7-11 in conference play. That's my official prediction. So here's what I want you to do. If you want to go to Wednesday's game against Texas, I need you to tweet me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and tell me what my official prediction is for Oklahoma State this season in the Big 12 Conference. 7-11 and 11 is what I predict the Cowboys to go. I've got two tickets to Wednesday's game against Texas. They're third-level tickets, but you know what that means. Gallagher Arena will be empty at tip-off. There is no excitement around the basketball program right now, but all is not lost. They're in a slump. It's not going to be this way every night. I promise they're not going to go 0-18 in conference. If they go 0-18 in conference, um, I, I don't know what, I do, what I'll do. I'll, um, I don't even know. I don't even know what would be good. Tweet me your ideas if they go 0-18 in conference. Uh, it's not going to happen. So stop acting like the sky is falling and the world's ending. This is not day after tomorrow. Dennis Quaid's not coming around the corner to shut down the basketball program. Calm down. Everything's fine. Tweet me at Colby J. Powell. Basketball team needs fans in the seats on Wednesday. Weather's supposed to be fine. Don't have to worry about the weather. Get to Stillwater on Wednesday. 7 o'clock game. Got time to get off work and head up there. I've got two tickets in the third level. You'll probably be able to move down. Hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell. My prediction for what Oklahoma State's going to go in conference play this year. 7 and 11. Tweet it to me, at Colby J. Powell. Going to take a break. Come back. Talk about Todd Monken and his situation, what it could potentially mean uh, for a return to Stillwater for Big Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. All right, that's coming up next. Stay with me here, Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up here on a Monday, Locked On Pokes. Got a few things I want to get to in this last segment. Uh, so let's just fire away. First off, update the Cowboys in the NFL, or should I say the Cowboy in the NFL, as uh, three of the four teams containing Oklahoma State Cowboys took the L this weekend. Justice Hill, L. The Ravens got rolled by the Titans at home on Saturday night. Uh, Trey Flowers, whoo, not his best. Not Trey Flowers' best. Look, Devontae Adams makes a lot of guys look silly in the NFL. Devontae Adams is one of the best route runners in the league. That being said, Devontae Adams made Trey Flowers look real silly in that Green Bay-Seattle game. Uh, it, it was rough. It was rough for Trey Flowers. Look, he had a good season. He had 82 tackles, 65 tolo ta- solo tackles. Uh, he had three picks. He had a forced fumble. It was a good season 
for Trey Flowers, uh, but it came to a rough end yesterday against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and Dan Bailey now out after the Minnesota Vikings were put in their place by the uh, San Francisco 49ers on Saturday. Tyreek Hill still in as the Chiefs came back from a 24-0 deficit to win by 20 against the Texans uh, yesterday at Arrowhead. They will host the Titans next week in the AFC Championship game. So that's the Cowboys in the NFL. Speaking of NFL, it was so cool. And if you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. It was so cool to see Jimmy Johnson's reaction to learning that he will be a part of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Obviously, former Oklahoma State head coach. Um, he, he was at Oklahoma State from 1979 to 1983 before he moved on to Miami, won a national championship in Miami. Uh, decent record at Oklahoma State, 30-25-2 in his five seasons in Stillwater. So uh, it, it was great seeing that from Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, everyone speaks incredibly highly of him, except Jerry Jones, who, of course, will not put him in the Ring of Honor in Dallas, which is a joke. We need the reunion, Jerry. We need the reunion. Put Jimmy Johnson in the ring. Speaking of snubs, by the way, uh, if you didn't notice last week, Fran Fraschilla used his platform on ESPN to kind of stump for Eddie Sutton a bit. You know, every year, it, it's you can just mark it down on your calendar. There, there's one day a year where we all get together and we find out that Eddie Sutton was not inducted or not a finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame, and uh, everybody gets sad. Everyone gets angry. Everyone wants some sort of accountability from the 24 panelists. It, it's like this secret society of voters who don't have to reveal who they vote for. Nobody knows who they are even. It, it's it's a terrible, terrible system, and basically it allows personal vendettas to determine who gets in to the Hall of Fame. He's the only former major college coach with at least 800 wins who is not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Fran Fraschilla, basically, he said it's almost criminal. He said, I don't like to get on a soapbox too often because then you become the boy who cries wolf, but the Eddie Sutton situation is an injustice that needs to be corrected. Look, I'm, I'm glad that he said this stuff. I'm glad that he said it on ESPN. It, it needs said. It needs said. Bob Huggins is a finalist also. Uh, Eddie Sutton is now 84 years old, I believe. You know, he didn't get in last year. The, the, family was devastated. They had arranged for him to fly to the Final Four in Minneapolis, even though he doesn't get around so well. It's it's tough. Fran Fraschilla, he Fran even acknowledged he, okay, so here's what he said. He said, if anyone votes against Eddie because he had an NCAA issue when he was at Kentucky, then more than a handful of coaches should be removed from the Hall of Fame. And he's absolutely right. There are other coaches in the Hall of Fame whose pro, whose programs went on probation. Eddie Sutton would not be the only one in the Hall of Fame with that. That is not a justifiable reason to keep him out. Uh, and then he goes on to say, even people close to the game don't know how the Hall of Fame nominating and vetting process works. It's a secret society. I'm an East Coast guy, and I feel strongly that through the years, the Hall of Fame has been run by mostly people on the East Coast. And then he talked about the East Coast bias, and, and he went on to say, uh, talk about former St. John's coach Lou Carneska. Luke Arneska has 526 wins, 280 less than Eddie Sutton, and one Final Four, two less than Eddie Sutton. He is in the Hall of Fame. And Fran Fraschilla, who likes Luke Carnes, Carne, pardon me, Luke Carneseca, said, God bless Lou, but he won a lot of those games before the Big East was formed when he was knocking off teams like Manhattan and Iona and Fairfield. Um, and look, Eddie Sutton deserves to be in. We'll find out in February who the finalists are. The... Um, 
The actual class will be announced prior to the final four, I believe. There's 24 unidentified voters. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who they vote for. There's no accountability. A finalist must receive at least 18 votes. 18 votes. So no accountability for the voters. It's political. Somebody doesn't like him. Somebody has a vendetta. Brace yourself for him to not get in once again, which is a joke and a travesty. Uh, All right, Todd Monken news, like I said. Todd Monken will not stay on staff with new head coach Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that Monken is being considered for several college play calling jobs. Didn't expect him to stay on staff with the Cleveland Browns. But... uh, If he were to return to Oklahoma State, that would mean that Oklahoma State would have to open up an assistant coaching spot. You have a limit as to how many assistant coaches you can have on staff. Oklahoma State is at that limit. There are no open spots. Now, could they open one up? Sure they could. I would say most likely Casey Dunn will be the offensive coordinator and Todd Monken will not be on staff. That is the most likely scenario. Now, could he come on as an analyst? Sure. You can always add another analyst, but you only have so many assistant coaching spots. So we'll see what happens with Todd Monk, and I wouldn't expect him to be on staff, but it's not impossible to think that that could happen. Uh, All right, before I get out of here, let me do one last Chuba check, one last scroll across Twitter. I just want to make sure. Nope, nothing, 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 nothing. All right. I don't see anything about Chuba, so as of 12.35 p.m. on Monday, we do not have any Chuba news. Uh, Maybe we'll have some. I'll be back Wednesday. Thanks for listening once again to Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.